Paz IM Radio with your co-hosts Robert Brining and Aaron Laxton. We go around the world and across the United States. Join in the conversation by calling in to 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. This week, we have your HIV scoop with Josh Robbins and your positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. Your weekly dose of hope. Pause IM Radio. I hope you're ready for season two because it starts now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this Father's Day edition of Pause I Am Radio. Today is June 18th, and I am Robert Brining. I want to thank you all for tuning in uh, this Sunday afternoon. It's a beautiful Sunday here in Philadelphia, almost 90 degrees. Got the air conditioning on, sitting in my office, and just relaxing. Um, I believe Aaron is taking off uh, this week, so we'll be in touch with him soon. Hopefully, he'll be... uh, uh, back on the air with us. Uh, so today we have a special guest who I actually met this year uh, for the first time um, at Healthy Voices 17 conference. I know I keep talking about it and I met so many amazing people there and a lot of the previous guests that have been on in the last month have actually been somebody that I've met there um, like Daniel Garza, Dorian Gray, Alexander, uh, Positively D. Uh, was on, you know, they were amazing, incredible people living with HIV, activists who are doing awesome things. Um, so uh, Robert is one of those people that I met, and he has a cool name, so how could I not have him on the show? Um, you know, us sharing the same name and all. Uh, he is actually the editor of PositiveLight.com, and for those of you who don't know what PositiveLight.com is, it is uh, Canada's online HIV magazine run by and for people living with HIV. And if you remember way back in the inception of Palestine Radio, we had uh, this incredible guy on named Brian Finch, and he was actually the founder of PositiveLight.com. Um, I believe he's still uh, a part of the organization um, and, and involved uh, very much so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, when I saw that uh, Robert was um, – attached to positivelight.com made me think of Brian and uh, I had to reach out to him and see if maybe we can get an update with him and see how he's doing because it's been years. He was actually probably one of the first guests that we had on the show uh, a long time ago. So it, it kind of takes us back. So it'd be cool to get an update and see what, how he's doing. And, and I'm sure we'll get, you know, some update of how positive light has grown over the years. Um, you know, uh, it's been 10 years since we started the show. I know we took some years off, but it's been 10 years. We, we started the show here in 2007, uh, me and Jeremy Dunn, uh, when it first launched. And uh, later, Jack McEnroth joined us when we did it uh, biweekly. And then it went back to me and Jeremy. And then uh, after Jeremy uh, moved on, we uh, had Aaron join us. And uh, Aaron's been with us uh, you know, since uh, the second season, so it, it's great. You know, to see that we've grown. So I know that positive light and and everybody over there, the family there. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's it's 
it's it's blown up since since Brian's been on the show. So because I remember when it when it when it was first launched, and that was kind of right around the time Brian was on the show with us. So uh, we'll have to reach out to him. So um, I want to head over to uh, one of the positive messages. You know, we partner with some amazing activists, and uh, one of the campaigns and organizations we uh, partnered with is Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. He supplies the, the show here with some positive uh, messages from people living with HIV for those who may be newly diagnosed. We play some every week. Uh, we usually play towards the end of the show. So I just wanted to take a quick break and see um, if I could do something real quick, and then uh, we'll be right back. So let's go ahead and listen to uh, a message here. Hi. I was diagnosed in March of 1990, three months shy of my 21st birthday. When I went to see the doctor, he told me that my viral load was up in the millions and that my CD4 count was less than 200. Basically, gave me five years to live. Um, at this time, I basically gave up all my dreams, my hopes, and the wanting to live. But fortunately, here I am, 26 years later, I'm very healthy. So my message to you guys is to never give up, never give hope, and to keep up the fight. Yo fui diagnosticado en marzo de 1990, tres meses antes de mi 21 cumpleaños. Um, en este momento el doctor me dijo que yo tenía el barrel load en los millones y el CD4 menos de 200. Me dio cinco años de vida. En este momento yo me di por vencido y no quise hacer más por mi vida, pero aquí estoy 26 años después y mi mensaje es que nunca pierdan el deseo de vivir. Okay. And there you have it. Uh, for more messages um, from Rise Up to HIV, uh, go ahead and uh, do a Google search on that or find them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. I've run about our friend Kevin Maloney, what an awesome guy uh, he is. If you don't know who he is, uh, check him out and his amazing work. Uh, so um, today is Father's Day, so I do would like to say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, for those who may know a little bit about me. You may know that my father has passed. So this day is kind of difficult at times. You know, it it, it makes me celebrate those that people around me that are fathers, uh, like my brother-in-law, uh, Billy. So happy Father's Day to him and to any other father who may be out there listening today. Today is also, uh, this month is Pride Month. So as you can see, you know, Facebook has added little pride emojis and, and things like that. Um, me living in Philadelphia, one of the big uh, controversial things that people are talking about is how Philly has added two new colors to the pride flag. They added a uh, brown and a black stripe to the rainbow flag to represent the people of color. So that is a, a topic that I like to hear about. Um, if you guys are listening and like to call in and give us some feedback on what you think about that, you can call the show at 929-477-3572. Uh, we're taking calls all hour. Again, 929-477-3572. Uh, um, so that's kind of one of the, the big things that's, that's going on. Is it something that they should be doing? Is it something that other cities should be adapting, uh, adopting and, and, and following after? Um, I don't know. I know that from what I've read online, I'm not really active in uh, – the gay community in Philly, uh, I'm not really out in, in the night scene or at the bars, but from what I've read online and, and, and heard and saw videos of and, and <laughs> heard audio of, 
there is a lot of um, racism within the gay community within Philly and the bars and the bar owners. And the people of color feel um, that th this is happening. And obviously it is, there's video out there, we know, you know, this is happening. So it's a problem that's happening within our own community. So the city of Philadelphia has stepped up to the plate and said, look, let us show that we are standing with those people that, you know, fall under our category, the LGBTQ, uh, IA, all these different, you know, the gay community, the people that fall under this rainbow, let's add more colors, you know, so they feel a part of. Now, is that going to solve anything? I don't know, but it's a step. It's a way that they, the, the city is saying that they stand united and that they're not going to allow it to, to, to happen anymore. And um, it's very controversial. I think that no matter what, people are still going to raise the, the original flag. People are saying it's disrespectful to the to the original creator of the pride flag. Uh, it, it to me, it's look. What do they say? More color, more pride. Is that the slogan they're going with here in Philly? So for me, I think it's a good thing. It just shows that you know there's more colors out there, so why not celebrate them? You know, I wasn't always very full of pride of who I was as a gay man growing up. I was ashamed, you know, I, I grew up in a Catholic household, so I, I was taught that being gay was something that was a sin, I was going to go to hell, and it wasn't normal, and, you know, I, I went through many stages of pride through my life where I didn't feel appreciated, I didn't feel uh, proud of who I was, you know, and it wasn't until I actually joined the local gay soccer team here in Philly, because I played soccer growing up, and I didn't know that there was actually gay soccer, you know, for adults, you know, this existed. Um, so when I came across the team, the Philadelphia Falcons here in Philly, it was the first time that I actually felt like I had pride in being me. There was somebody, there was other people out there that were like me. Not only were they uh, gay, but they were also, or LGBT, you know, they were also, um, you know, soccer players, you know, we had two things in common, so I didn't feel alone. And it was the first time that I actually felt proud being who I was. And, you know, I remember going to the first Pride event here in Philly with them and standing at the booth and trying to recruit new teammates and things like that. And it, it's, a, it's a sense of uh, a freedom just to be who you are and to see the many colors of people that walk by the booth every year. And, you know, there's so many different people. And, and I think that's what pride is all about. It's celebrating, you know, being different and being who you are. So I think, I think that's important. I think that's more important than just being, it being about uh, who you're sleeping with, you know, or your sexuality. It's more about being proud about who you are. So I think, um, you know, that's just me. You know, they were, I went through stages. I wasn't always out about my HIV status or out about being gay. It was something that, you know, you kind of grow with and, over time, you know, it's it's difficult. So I see that we do have our guest on the line now. So please help me uh, welcome our guest, Albert Olver, the editor of PositiveLight.com. Hey, Robert, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing, guys? It's so awesome to speak with you. I am great. How's the weather up there in Canada? Well, it's sweltering today. It's really, really muggy. We've had a really cold spring, but it seems to be heating up now quite a bit. Glad I've gotten air Yeah, it's about 90 <laughs> degrees here. <laughs> what yeah, part of, uh, yeah. of Canada are you? I'm in southern Ontario, about, uh, oh, about 100 miles east of Toronto. 
Okay, okay. I've, I've been to Toronto before for a soccer tournament. Um, they're always yeah. fun. They have like the Toronto Pride Cup and all the, the gay soccer teams come from all over. And a lot of them are from, you know, United States that they travel up there. It's it's really cool. It's a big organization that really pulls a lot of people. So interesting. So is, yeah. is, is Pride going on up there in, in your area? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah there's lots going on. And yeah, lots more to come. But uh, yeah, I'm actually I'm in a I, I'm actually in a, a little town about 100 miles northeast of Toronto called Peterborough, which is actually where I was born. But I left there under very traumatic circumstances when I was a kid. So I'm back there now, and uh, it's, it's a much less frenetic pace, and I like it. I've come to like it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I was uh, talking about before you came on was uh, you know with it being pride and everything, and then. You know, I'm sure you saw it on Facebook. I shared it myself about how Philly added um, two new colors to the flag to represent the people of color. i just curious, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's great. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's kind of a, a no-brainer, personally. Um, yeah. I know. Uh, I, there are, there's history involved for some people, but I don't really see it that way. I think we need to be inclusive always. Yeah, and they say, you know, I mean, I've read it, so many people's comments on it, and I, I've read that, that that it's, that, you know, logos change over years, and that, you know, the, the rainbow is a part, is our logo, you know, as the gay community, and adding, you know, the colors is just advancing it and growing with the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's totally how I see it. It's, it's not, uh, you know, it's not 1984 anymore, you know, yeah. <laughs> we've moved on. No, no, I was just curious because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people have different views on it. I mean, and then I think I even read a quote from Lady Bunny saying something along the lines that of all the things, all the issues that we have within our own community, the last thing we need to be worrying about is what colors are being added to the rainbow flag. Like it's something that we shouldn't even be fighting over because people are, people are fighting over. It's pride. We should be celebrating. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, it's there, there. There's. It's such a. It's a red herring, basically. It's. It's a distraction, and uh, we we yeah. have so much work to do, <laughs> you know, uh, locally and globally. So true. Uh, yeah, especially now. I mean, uh, what would the uh, those? Uh, what was it? Six people have resigned from the uh, the the presidential advisory council on HIV/AIDS. And uh, I don't know. I, for one, am just bracing for the immigration wave, <laughs> you know, waiting to see how many right. HIV and other refugees are, are come our way. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's appalling. You know, there, there's something to think about. Much more, uh, I mean, you, you know. I mean, what is it like, to, I, I mean, mean, to have universal health care up there? I mean, what is that like to be somebody living with HIV and not having that? Uh, I guess that weight over your shoulders. Well, it's I wouldn't I can't quite call it universal health care because there are people who who fall between the cracks and uh uh-huh. uh um so but it's uh it's an awful lot closer to it to it than than what you're looking at there. Um uh, yeah. for instance I I do uh, like for instance um 
if I were on on uh, our we don't call it we call it uh, ODSP Ontario Disability whatever if I were on that I'm a, I'm a retiree so I'm on a uh, pension. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, if I were on welfare, I'd get more. Uh, if you factor in the uh, the, medi- the drugs and uh, medical and dental and stuff like that. Uh, so in my situation, I actually pay somewhat for my meds, but but the vast majority of it is paid for. I end up paying about four hundred a year or something. Um, That's not bad. So it's yeah yeah, um, but there are some people who can't afford that. But basically, um, if you're not on, uh, as far as meds go, for anybody whose meds, this is in Ontario, okay, Uh, if your meds are costing you more than 4% of your income, there is a thing here called the the Trillium uh, Fund, which will pay for that. Uh, will we'll basically pay for your meds. There is a deductible, but it's uh, it works like insurance. And uh, yeah, in my case, it's about I think 410 something like that a year, and it's paid quarterly. Hmm. Uh, so okay. so that's how that works. Uh, cool. And it, it's right. it's been pretty efficient. I mean, I I was I was really I, I remember when I was diagnosed, which about two and a half years ago or something. Uh, uh, well, of course, one of the things, you know, swirling around in my mind immediately afterwards was how the hell am I going to pay for these meds? You know, like, I mean, the, you know, a bottle, it, it costs about $1,500 a month, you know, and, and uh-huh. there I was about to retire in a couple of weeks, you know, so, <laughs> but uh, it, it turned out, and, and so I was quite worried about it for a little while, but it turned out to be unfounded. It's been fine. All right, so, so let's talk a little really bit about important. your diagnosis. Let's, let's talk a little bit about your diagnosis. Um, so, you know, you, you were diagnosed in, in, in 2014. You were diagnosed, what, three years ago? Just about, yeah. Uh, so this was, was about three uh, years ago. When? Right, October 14th. You were, b- 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 right, before you were diagnosed, tell me um, a little bit. How educated were you about HIV? Did you know people that were HIV positive? You know, tell me like, where your mind was before they you were diagnosed. Okay. Um, yes, I knew people who were HIV positive. Boy, did I know people who were HIV positive. Um, oh. Basically, um, I had been... I was a bisexual male in the 80s, and there was never a time when I didn't think that HIV was potentially my problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I had been testing ever since testing had been available. Uh, and I didn't really expect uh, that I would be diagnosed. Uh, positive, but I knew it was possible, and I had formulated, I had a lot of time to think about it and formulate, because, I mean, during the 80s, I mean, when you went to get tested, it was a whole different thing. There was no rapid test, so you would you would go, you would have your blood work done, and then you would wait for, at that point, it was about six weeks, and you would just sit there stewing in your own juices until, uh, you know, just sweating bullets until, uh, until you finally got the word. Uh, it was horrible really, really anxious and, you know, um, so 
I had a lot of time to think about it, though, and, and I knew how I had formulated an idea that of how I wanted to behave if I ever did test positive. Uh, I knew that I wanted to be out. I knew that I wanted to do advocacy. I, and, you know, um, and I did know a lot of people who were positive. I mean, back in 1983, by the end of 1983, two neighbors in my building uh, had died. Mm. They were the first ones I knew. Uh, so I never thought it wasn't potentially my problem. Um, right. And uh, I, w- I was pretty fortunate in, in several ways. Uh, I had uh, I, I did know some HIV positive people, in particular Bob Leahy of Positive Light, publisher of Positive Light now. And uh, Bob's a pretty good guy to know if uh, if you're ever test positive. <laughs> Very, very good yeah. at helping uh, me stay focused and uh, and not get too down and and, and that sort of thing. Because uh, Bob is actually one of the most knowledgeable people on HIV that you'll ever meet, and I, I include the research community in that. Uh, so yeah, he, he's amazing. I'm very we, we had him on the show yeah. uh, a little bit a while ago. We had him on. He was uh, it was awesome. He came on. Uh, and share a little bit about his story and then the, the campaign. But um, so let, let's talk a little bit about positive light because you said after you were diagnosed. Um, so so first of all, first, when you were diagnosed, what were your your numbers like? Did you start meds right away? You know what I mean? Um, no. Well, I started, uh, it took about, I think I started meds about eight months later. Um, it took a long time to get the phylogenetic uh, um to to, to uh, genotype it, it took about six weeks, and I understood that was because it was being the, the sample had to be sent out of province. I don't know why it was, um, but at that time, uh, it was not generally known that the early, as it is now that the earlier you started uh, HIV or treatment, the better, the better your your long term health outcomes would be. So uh, my my HIV specialist at the time was saying to me, it doesn't matter, just, you know. And I remember chafing about that a little bit, but I had no choice. Uh, so about, I, I don't know, I guess it was about eight months later, I finally, I finally did start meds. Um, I had re- only recently been infected. So um, my numbers, well, let's see. Um, if I remember correctly, my viral load was somewhere around 127,000, and uh, my CD4 was around 650, something like that. So still pretty high, you know. Um, yeah. These days they don't monitor my. They don't. They no longer monitor my CD4. Um, it's uh, uh, last last time it was it was monitored. It was uh, uh, I think 1163, and uh, my viral my viral load is undetectable, and that that awesome. that happened very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So that happened very quickly yeah. that I that I reached undetectable. Yeah. So I was thrilled yeah, that's about that. That's important that we start Yeah, it was a real load off my mind because. Uh, well, I, I don't know anybody actually. I don't know anybody who's paused, uh, who who 
probably wouldn't drink rat poison before they'd pass on the virus to anyone. You know, I mean, it's just such right. an anxiety-causing thing. So, uh, uh, so I was real happy about that. Uh, well, that's and possibly. Well, let's no, no, just real quick. I wanted to um, ask you. So you you started meds eight months later. Have you been on the same meds since you you started medication, and have you had any side effects? Because that's a lot of the questions that we get here at the show is how are the side effects from meds? A lot of people are afraid to start their medications because of you know the side effects you hear about that people have. So how's how's your medication? Uh, I guess intake. How's that been for you? It's been great. Um, <laughs> I uh okay um I started with Complera which is a one a day and right. it was fine I I noticed no side effects I mean I I've heard okay I've heard about people suffering depression and so on uh but I've been dealing with depression since I was about 6 years old so um uh you know I, I, whether to attribute it to the meds I don't think so um and and I deal with it when it comes up. So um, no no side effects that I'm aware of anyway. Nothing that I can attribute to the meds. Now uh, about four months ago, I was switched to Genvoya, which uh, during the switch again I, I was also experiencing some some. Uh, uh, I was having a few manic days, I guess, but I sort of, I, once again, I'm not sure whether to attribute, I don't think that's the meds. I think it's just what was going on at the time. I was, I was very busy and very stressed and, uh, you know, you know how that goes sometimes. So, um, yeah, nothing that I can really attribute to the meds. Uh, I'm, I'm so far liking the Genvoya, uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it's been fine. And I think for most people it is, uh, from from what I've heard. Uh, there are there are people though who do have side effects, and uh, and uh, yeah. But in my case, it's fine. Well, that's good to hear. So I just want to open up the phone lines real quick. If you're listening, want to call in? You have a question? You can call us at nine two nine four seven seven three five seven two. Or you can tweet us at Pazayam Radio. That's P-O-Z-I-A-M Radio. Um, also, um, I wanted to ask you, so you immediately got involved into activism right away. And one of the things that you got involved with was PositiveLight.com. Um, you know, right. We talked about, uh, Brian Finch still runs that organization, right? Well, Brian, Brian's actually, uh, Brian stepped out. Stepped out. Uh, he's kind of taking a break. Oh, okay. He still uh, writes for us on occasion, but but he's taking a break. Okay, cool. No, I just wasn't sure because I know we had him. Yeah, we had him on the show. Barry, I was talking about it earlier. Like when when we first started, it was when he was first launching that site, and I remember having him on. And I was saying it'd be great to have him on. So I just wasn't sure. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved with PositiveLight.com and 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 all that. Well, I knew Bob Leahy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so how did you meet him? Uh, well, uh, let's see. Uh, gosh, I'm, I'm not even sure I remember now. Um, it just seems like forever ago. Um, 
um, we, we, we just, we met through, through common acquaintances and, uh, uh, hit it off. I was very interested in, in the work he was doing with positive light. And, uh, at a certain point he approached me about writing and I started writing for positive light, doing a column about once a month. And, uh, and then it, it, it grew from there. Um, our, publisher at the time, John McCullough, wanted to retire from, well, from Positive Light anyway. He's still very active in, in the, uh, the community. Uh, and so John has gone and Bob has moved into John's slot as publisher and then I became editor. Uh, and, and so now that I'm retired, uh, I'm busier than ever, <laughs> busier than I ever was. <laughs> uh, uh, and it's great. It's great. I, I love uh, the people I'm working with and their their passion, their commitment, their drive. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the things that's really special to me about Positive Light, and it's the same with U Equals U, actually, and a couple of other initiatives, is that, it, is that it's, it's completely by and for uh, people living with HIV. It's peer-led and peer-driven and independent. And once you start, what, what I find um, in, in the movement, in, in the, the community, once you start applying the independence criterion, the dance floor thins out real quick. <laughs> There's not a lot around. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, really valuable. Okay, I come from a family of journalists. My dad was a journalist back in the days when the press actually did its damn job. And <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel really strongly about, about the role that... Uh, free and unfettered journalism has to play, particularly in the world of HIV. We need our, our sources of, in, of accurate information. Uh, and I think U equals U has highlighted that in a big way. And uh, Positive Light was the first Canadian endorser of, of the U equals U statement. So uh, it was a natural uh, because both are, are, yeah. are peer led in interviews. Uh, and so I really, really like that about, about, uh, about Positive Light. Yeah, I think that's important, and I, I try to look for that in, you know, the the peer-led part. I, I look for that in organizations that I kind of partnered with, kind of like Kevin Maloney. You know, having the people living with HIV, running the HIV organization, they know what they want. They know what they need. You know what I mean? They seem to be able to supply it and, and put it out there, you know, in the way that, it, yeah. it, that it's going to be accepted. You know what I mean? It just, it just to me, it seems like I, I'm more more willing to support somebody who, you know, is is running something HIV-related that is living with a disease and knows what it's like to be in my shoes. Exactly, exactly. Um, I, I, I know exactly how you feel. Um, and, <laughs> and, and so, uh, and I, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, as time goes on uh, in, in the community, in the organizations, I think, uh, I think peers people living with HIV are, are going to, I hope they will be taken on as much more equal partners um, than, than they pre heretofore have been. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I think that unless they do, they run the risk of becoming irrelevant. Yeah, you know, this kind of reminds me of when we were sitting at the Purposeful Connections uh, Summit at the Healthy Voices Conference and DeAndre was like, you know, we need a seat at the table. And it's important, you know, that the people that are living with HIV 
or with that, you know, health condition is at that that table and has a seat there to to have their voice heard and 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 to to be involved in in the change or or the work. So. Exactly. So speaking of healthy exactly. voices, um, that was the first time that I've been to Healthy Voices before. Have you been to that conference before? If not, tell me what you thought about it. Well, no, I had never been. I was I was shocked that I that I even got accepted. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was uh, it was a great chance. Uh, the thing I like it was informative. Uh, but above and beyond the information that was available was the chance to network. And that's so, so important for us, I think. Um, people living with HIV in, in both of our countries are, are scattered around, especially in Canada, we're scattered around this very sparsely populated country, really. And we're, we're you know, most people live along this very narrow ribbon along the southern border. Uh, uh, it, it's a little different. Your country is not as, as sparse, but it's just as huge. And uh, and we need these chances to get together, get an idea, you know, uh, formulate an idea of who each other is, how each other operates, a sense of trust, and be able to sit down and strategize and, and work out what we want and what we need together. We need to do that. And I love that so much about, about having the opportunity to get uh, down in, 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 go down to Chicago, and meet all you guys, and and and, you know, it, it was just it was just great. I love that about it. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. I met so many people I've never met before, like you, and it was just like so nice to make the connection. And it, it it's awesome. That's what I like about those conferences. Are there any other conferences coming up that you actually are, are plan on attending this year? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I've just been, um, I, I don't know, over the last couple of months, I've been to about five. Uh, I don't have anything more, I don't think, until September. Um, don't hold me to that. I'm not quite sure. Um, uh, most of those, but uh, Healthy Voice is quite different. Um, most of the conferences I go to here are are medical in one way or another various okay. or, various research organizations etc uh, whereas healthy voices was specifically about and for online health advocates of you know dealing with with different uh, chronic conditions of which HIV was one and we had quite a large contingent down there didn't we the HIV people the HIV group was pretty large uh, and and we had the purposeful connections summit on the, the day before, where we all, which was just HIV uh, advocates, where we all got to meet uh, and tell our stories and so on, and that that was great. Uh, but yeah, very very different kind of thing to to the medical stuff that uh, yeah uh, I, I usually go to. And then well, it's not all medical. I mean, uh, uh, last Thursday. I was at uh, the uh, where is it here? Uh, called Rethinking Justice, the uh, 2017 Symposium on, on HIV Law and Human Rights. And uh, oh, and by the way, little plug here: I got a really nice interview with uh, Edwin J. Bernard, uh, who is I don't know if you know, he's the world's leading uh, expert on HIV criminalization globally. 
and I got a real nice okay. interview with him, and that should hopefully be in positive light tomorrow. So nice. It's not all medical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not all medical. Cool. I know what. Uh, I know. Have you ever been to a positive living conference that's in uh, Fort Walton Beach, Florida? I haven't. No, I'd love to. <laughs> that is, that is a very and, and yeah, it, it, it's beautiful. It's in the Panhandle, right? And it is right on the beach. The conference, okay? And it's a weekend. And if you're right in the hotels, like you walk outside the hotel, you're right on the beach, Robert. I swear, right? But the best part about it is, is that it's it's for people living with HIV. So it's not like there's pharmaceutical people there. There is like 400 plus people living with HIV that are at this conference from all over the United States, all over the world. And, and it's basically ran by this amazing guy named Butch McKay, who is negative, you know what I mean, but runs this organization. And this year is his 20th year anniversary this September. It's an awesome, awesome thing. You should definitely like maybe check him out for an article. He's awesome. It's an awesome cool. conference. Yeah, and, it's, and it's like, and it's like the only conference that I know of that actually people that it's like where you go there and it's not filled with like pharma reps and, you know, medical things. It's, it's just people living with HIV. Most like 89% of the people there are living with HIV and, and the connections that you make there during the conference, you know, outside of the little classrooms and the speakers and the shows and the dinners, that's, it's amazing. You should check it out. <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, it sounds wonderful. Sounds just great. And anyone, and anyone listening, they can uh, find out information about that at AIDSOasis.org. I just want to take a quick break and uh, scoot over to Josh Robbins and this week's HIV Scoop, and we'll be uh, right back with with uh, Robert Albert. Hold on. This is your HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins, exclusive for Pause I Am Radio. Buzzworthy HIV news in under 90 seconds. Here's Josh Robbins and this week's HIV Scoop. What a week it has been. First, Charlie Sheen has a new girlfriend, and woo-wee, isn't she a beauty? She's purty. Besides being a beauty, though, this new girlfriend is educated about HIV and wants the world to know. She is not scared of Charlie Sheen's HIV, all according to TMZ. Now, This is pretty cool, in my opinion. Could the newest ally to the HIV community actually be Charlie Sheen's new girlfriend? Well, girlfriend or not, I happily welcome anyone who wants to decrease the stigma surrounding HIV. And that's that. Next, 30% of Trump's Presidential Advisory Council for HIV and AIDS, they didn't wait for him to say, you're fired. They quit this week. That's right, turned in their resignation. Six of the 21-member council all turned in their letters of resignation this week, according to an op-ed published by Newsweek and an exclusive interview by yours truly on I'mStillJosh.com with one of the former members who threw in the towel. His reasons include how Trump has handled the new health care bill, and his apparent lack of interest in those living with HIV. Now, when I asked if Trump even knew he had a presidential council on HIV uh, and AIDS, I was told no. This was your HIV scoop. 
there you have it. That's this week's HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins. Thank you, Josh. For more information on Josh, go to onstalljosh.com, especially for that Scoop interview that he had uh, on the council members. So, Robert, are you there? I sure am. Cool. Well, one of the questions I have coming in via Twitter is, have you experienced any stigma? Uh, sure. Um, although... HIV stigma, I, I don't know. I mean, not in a big way, not in a huge way. I've been out uh, ever since I was diagnosed. Uh, oh, well, no, actually, that's not true. I did wait a little bit, and I just took, uh, initially, I just took a few friends on board at first, but I always knew I was going to be out. I just wanted a little chance to think about it and consider it, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I considered it. And and then I basically I've, I've been out uh, pretty much the whole time. I've been blogging about it, et cetera. Um, I think probably what I've found in general is that most people are pretty cool um, about it. Um, I'm probably uh, just lucky that way. I don't know. I even even in terms of hookups and stuff like that. I mean. I've seen all the, the, the crap on Grinder and so on, and that's, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the terrible stigmatizing comments that people run into and so on, but I haven't run into any of that. In fact, I've had, I've had people reject me in hookup situations and then come back and say, yeah, we can play safe after I tell them, you know, uh, yeah. about, about the fact that, uh, that, if you're in a, you have an undetectable viral load, you're not capable of transmitting the virus. So in my life, uh, so far, so far, touch wood, the, uh, the stigma ha- has not really manifested itself. And, um, cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad to see that. I, I mean, I'm kind of a newbie, you know, in terms of activism though. So it, it could happen that I could, that I could become a target because of that. Uh, but I so, don't know. So, it hasn't happened so, so Robert, Robert, let me ask you yeah. this. Um, <laughs> how has your family reacted? Okay, well, my family, um, I don't see or talk to them very much. <laughs> but that's not about HIV. That's, uh, that's about a lot of other things. And it's history that goes back. It's ancient history. Um, right, so technically but, you don't. So, if you don't. Any of your family you associate at all? No? Uh, uh, slightly. Slightly. Um, okay. Okay, that's uh, fine. We can move on <laughs> if you want. Yeah, there's not, that's there's fine. Not really... Let me ask you. I, I know where you're going. <laughs> I was the purposeful connection. Um, so let me, let me ask you this. Um, oh, I can uh, talk about that. Do you that think stuff. that. <laughs> No, I know, I know. Let me ask you this. Do you think that being diagnosed later in life, do you think that um, there, there, there's a different, uh, that that is different than somebody who's being diagnosed who's, who's younger? Like, do you think that it maybe it feels different or there's a different uh, amount of pressure on you when you're diagnosed? Or does it feel different, I guess? Let me just ask you that. Does it feel, do you think it feels different? Okay. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I, I absolutely do. Um, I kind of feel bad for young people coming up now uh, who contract. Uh, they uh, they have, a, okay, 
I was about to retire. Like basically when I, when I was diagnosed, it was like four days after my birthday and two weeks before I was due to retire. Okay. Now that was, that was, but I, I wasn't devastated. You know, um, I think, mm-hmm. I think there are a few things going on there. I mean, I mentioned about the depression thing and the fact that I've been dealing with it basically since I was a little kid. Um, um, and I think that gave me an advantage when when it was uh, diagnosis time. Um, it because I've just I, I've been dealing with it. I, I I'm kind of I, I can imagine though be if I were if I had been you know say in my teens, I would feel quite differently about it. Uh, there's there's I mean I'm not looking at at having to go out and I'm a pensioner, so I don't have to go out and make a living and and deal with stigma in the workplace. I basically, I'm retired and I'm willing to work my ass off, but it's got to be good. That's my attitude at this point. I don't want to waste my time because I don't know how much time I've got to waste. Uh, Right. So so there's that. Um, And uh, I don't think a lot of young People can. I, I think that a lot of young people really can't take that attitude, and that's unfortunate because it's very freeing. You know what I mean? Right. Um, like, have you ever have you ever thought like? Because I know, like, when when I when you're diagnosed and you're younger, like I was diagnosed at 21, and I remember thinking, oh, I have my whole life ahead of me. You know, how did I let this happen? Like, is there a time when you're diagnosed? You know, at, at the earlier age where you think, you know, I've lived my whole life. How do I let this happen to me now? You know what I mean? Um, like I all my whole life, like, like does, does that thought ever cross your mind, or did it at that time? Nope. Nope. No. Nope. Absolutely Good. not. Um, I, uh, I, I, I don't feel that way about it. I don't feel that it was a matter of me letting anything happen. I think that uh, the virus and I coexist in the world, and one day our paths cross. I have no idea hmm. how I, where, or well, I know how, but I don't know uh, when or from whom. Uh, and I'd, I've never cared. I think it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I think right. I like to get on with things, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, take stock of the situation, figure out what you want to do and then do it. That's that's my approach. It's it's very simple. Oh. It doesn't always work, but it's uh, it's my approach. Uh, that's good. And so, I guess one of the advantages uh, is I, I was just thinking that one of the advantages could also be that. You know, being an older, having, being diagnosed at an older age, you're you're educated more. You're more aware of yourself. Where when you're younger, you know, you find yourself more insecure. You know what I mean, and and scared. Where at, at an older age, you're a little bit more educated on on life itself. You know what I mean, and what life brings you in, yeah. and things of that nature. So Absol- that kind of helps I, you move I, I a think, little more I think, forward. I think I've had a lot more time to assess things than than say uh you know somebody in their in their teens or 20s uh and and so that helped me and and i know who i am i know i know where i stand on on certain things there's a lot of self-stigma out there um you know because um i mean stigma relating to hiv a lot of it isn't really about hiv it's about other behaviors and other populations that people belong to and I don't know. I, I like. I do see a lot of. Uh, 
if people tell you you're worthless for long enough, you'll start to believe it. And I think that's what's happened with a lot of people. But in my particular case, I've dealt with that already. I know who I am. I know my own worth. And, uh, and uh, I love my sexual. All I did was have some sex. Uh, that may seem pretty darn mm-hmm. nervy to some, but to me it seems absolutely normal and uh, and wonderful, and I love my sexual nature, and uh, uh, I, I won't brook any interference with it, actually. Um, <laughs> you know, I see yeah. uh, a lot of people who are dealing with uh, stigma from outside, and we have a lot of work to do there. Um, there's a lot of people talk about how stigma is is based on ignorance and they're right as far as it goes but there's a lot more than that there's uh stigma i think is being weaponized against us at this particular point in time and i think that's what we need by people who are not who who know full well what they're doing um and and i think we have to start looking at that more i think we've uh I think recent events have, have in many ways shown that we've underestimated the vindictiveness that we're up against. So we've got to deal with that. I agree. So let's uh, take a quick break here and listen to another positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney, and we'll be right back with uh, Robert. So give us one second, okay? And actually, here's a positive message from your friend, Robert. Here's Bob Lee. Hi, my name is Bob, and I'm from Walkworth, Ontario, Little a rural community of uh, 700 people, so I'm a, a rural POS guy. And I've been POS for 23 years now, and um, so I'm a long-term survivor, and I'm kind of proud of that, and I'm proud of all long-time survivors out there. So hi, long-term survivors. want to want to lift my hat to you. Uh, but I also want to lift my hat to, to people who've joined us along the way uh, and offer encouragement and support and love, because... Um, I think you have real opportunities here as a person living with HIV to live the kind of life that you wanted, always wanted to do, um, to make a difference, uh, to throw off the shame, uh, to realize what you want to do, uh, and, and if you want, to help and encourage others, just as uh, Kevin is asking us to film videos to to support others. Um, you have that kind of opportunity too. So Kevin's onto a good idea. Um, I think what I like about this is that it emphasizes that we are part of a community. We are here for each other. We're here to support each other and to learn from each other. And I kind of like that. Um, it's an opportunity uh, that comes with HIV, and I, I've grabbed it, and, and, and I hope you will too. So enjoy um, being part of a community that can offer you so much and which has the opportunity for you to offer so much. Um, be well. Enjoy your life. Enjoy the HIV community. It's quite wonderful. And there you have it. For more information on Boz's um, Message Campaign, go to uh, Rise Up to HIV on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, just Google it. It'll all come up. You can contact uh, Kevin and be a part of whatever you need to. And we're back here live with Robert Olver. Hello, Robert. Are you there? Hi. Yeah, I sure am. Wasn't that a wonderful message? So I, have, I just love that. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. He has a great voice for that, too. Great voice. Yes. <laughs> so uh, let, let me uh, let me ask you this. One of the questions coming in from Twitter is, uh, what are your thoughts on PrEP? On PrEP? Uh, well, yes. I think it's 
it's uh, one of the most important developments that we've seen. Uh, 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 I'm a little, uh, I understand why it's being emphasized over task, which is a little odd in some ways. Like I see most of the, most of the media coverage I see is about, is about prep over task, which is a little odd because task is the 100% effective one. Um, but I understand it because well, because uh, it's not in the formularies yet, and it needs to get into the formularies so people can access it. Um, there are issues around it, for sure. Uh, there's, uh, again, there's a lot of stigma, and a lot of that's coming from within our community, from the gay community, people being called sluts because they want to be, uh, be uh, in control of their sexuality and so on, but that's uh, a problem that... Uh, and, and that sort of thing is probably something, uh, kind of a tug of war that we'll probably always have, I suspect, or for a long time anyway. So I don't pay it much mind. Um, the uh, the thing that I find a little concerning is that so much of the the media coverage that I see around prep uh, is kind of all based on this idea of protecting the neg population from us. And that kind of bothers me, uh, especially mm -hmm. since uh, most people, the vast, uh, you know, the majority of people who are able to get treatment, I mean, treatment access is a big problem still for a lot of people, but people who are able to get treatment and are able to adhere to it uh, mostly uh, are quite successful in, in uh, getting to an undetectable viral load. And so uh, they present no risk at all. Uh, but I, I, it's important and I'm glad to see it. And uh, it, it's, it's going to be, it's one tool. It's one, it's one really, really great tool in, in an expanding toolkit. We need all of it. That's right. Every last bit of it. So actually down to the last few minutes, uh, Robert, can you tell people where they can find you at, contact you if they want to uh, get in touch with you or speak with you? Uh, positivelight.com. Um, uh, yeah, uh, positivelight.com. That's, that's where I am. There you and have. they can, if they want to email me, just, just email the editor. My address is up there on the site. There you have it, and we'll have to put a, a link here, or do some sort of a uh, put your a link to Positive Light on my website. There used to be one on there uh, when I had the old website, but once since I started over, I haven't reconnected with everyone. So I'm going to have to have somebody send me a logo uh, so I can add it to the website, so we can uh, add it to our partner site. That'd be great to have you guys a part of. I used to blog yeah, for them back yeah. in the day. <laughs> oh, did you? Cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. back in the yeah. day, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. actually probably well, a few of my blogs get... up there, maybe still. Yeah, maybe well, I'll have to, yeah, I have to reach out to somebody. <laughs> there you go. I have, to talk, I have to talk to one of the big wigs up there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Robert, well, you have great. yourself a great Sunday. Well, thanks for having me on. It's been terrific talking to you. And thank you for... Yes, it was great uh, meeting you in Chicago, and it was great to speak with you today. I hope you have a great rest of the day and a good uh, next week. Yeah, you too, man. There you have it. For more information and to contact Robert Olver, our guest today, go to uh, positivelight.com. That's positivelite.com.
for more information on myself, you can go to PaulsIamRadio.com. You can follow me on uh, Instagram or Twitter, Radio. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. It's been an amazing show. Again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there listening, and happy Pride to anyone who is out there celebrating. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next week, have a great Sunday. Join us each and every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when we bring you your weekly dose of hope. You can join in the conversation after the show is off air. Going on Twitter at Pause I Am Radio, Aaron Laxton. While you're on there, reach out to I'm Still Josh as he brings your weekly HIV scoop. And check out Kevin Maloney with Rise Up to HIV. I encourage you, if you've not already done so, please contribute to the Positive Message Campaign. From each and every one of you who contribute and allow us to bring this show to you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And if you know someone who would be interested in coming on air, or you think there's something that we need to cover, please let us know. We're here to bring content that you need and you want. From each and every one of us over at Paz I Am Radio, from myself and Robert Brining, have a safe and happy week. And until we talk again, stay positive.